What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. If you're watching live, you can see I have a star-studded group today. And there's a reason for that. As we all know, today we're going to discuss the college football playoff expansion proposal. Um, it's been approved, but not fully approved, if I'm correct. But we got some guys who hate it. We got some guys who love it. And so I just wanted to get the guys together and be able to have a good, friendly, fun conversation, end our weekend off right, and basically, you know, be able to argue about our stance on the college football playoff. So before we get into that, though, let me introduce all the stars. First off, to my right, I got my man, Chris LeBron, the Perez of the Off the Ball Network. Chris, what's going on, bro? What's going on, everyone? Happy to be with this star-studded cast we got today. You know, uh, I'm excited to talk about this because, uh, yeah, I'm outside with it today. This, this was an outside show. You know, I wanted everyone to hear what I had to say, so I needed I need to be outside for this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, you know, I'm glad you came on. Then I got my guy who, who I needed him on because he's just as passionately with it as I am. And my co-VP, Jeff Hunt. From Jeff Me Sports, my guy, fellow Buckeye. We got a couple of Buckeyes on here today, so that's definitely gonna be great. Jeff, what's going on, bro? Oh man, glad to be here, Mo. You, this is this is one of my favorite topics of the of the summer so far. Uh, football season is ramping up in my mind. This was the official kickstart of it, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah, 100. percent Then I gotta do it back to back. I got my other buck, fellow Buckeye, my guy Jay Stevens. Jay, what's going on, bro? What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Like Jeff, it's a conversation, a topic I'm passionate about. Um, and I have been keeping a lot in on purpose. So we'll see how this conversation goes and what comes out of my mouth. Yeah, 100%. I'm glad. Then I got, you know, one of the, the one of the newest additions been putting in work for the network. My guy, Justin, a.k.a. JP, a.k.a. Mr. Let Me Cover Every Game As Soon As It's Over. He's got a lot of work to do tonight covering the two games when it's done and over with. JP, what's going on, bro? Man, what's good, everybody, man? Honored to be here. College football is ramping up. I'm excited about this playoff format. Let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah, 100%. Then the guy who gets everybody fired up. My guy. <laughs> morning from the morning brew with Stu. The guy who's kind of ignited this conversation and got us ramped up. Stuart Brooklyn from the morning brew with Stu. Stu, what's going on, bro? Not much, guys. Not much. I'm ready to talk about this. I, I, I see different most of y'all, but... It's all right. I'm ready. Yeah. So, you know, um, we're going to get straight into it. So basically for everybody who's listening and doesn't know, obviously, you know, the college football playoff has been a four team race since it started. Now, you know, the NCAA is talking about ramping it up to 12 teams. They're not even gradually trying to get that way. You know, I think they should go about it that way, but they're going to 12. Uh, that's what, what it looks like. The possibility is going to be. So we got some, you know, obviously some of y'all love it. Some of y'all hate it. So I'm going to start with Chris. Chris, what is your stance? Before we really dive deep, just what is your stance on the 12-team expansion? No. 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. Keep it at four. I don't I don't understand why we got to jump that drastically from four to 12. I just don't get it. I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I'd rather it be at four or even like six teams. You get the two. Top two teams get a buy. If you want to do six, okay. But 12, that's – to me, that's just way too much. I know 
I, I, I'm just not a fan of it. I, I don't, I understand it from a financial aspect as far as college football, because you know, uh, they love their money. So I get it on that standpoint. So I get the business part, but the aunt, but just that the t- expanding to 12 just doesn't sit with me. Well, I'm not a fan of it. And uh, I'm actually, I'm intrigued. I'm uh, curious to see the other, cause I know that we'll, we're, we might have some disagreements on it, but I'm, I'm curious to see other guys takes on this. So I'm just not a fan of it. I, I would keep it at four. I, I'm one of the, the few that actually just say keep it at four. And listen, 12 would benefit my team because my team tends to be in that 12 to like not ranked range. So that would benefit my team, my, my Hurricanes. But I, I'm just not a fan of 12, to be honest. I just, this is not a fan. Not a fan. So, Jeff, what, what, what are you, Jeff, what are your thoughts? Where, where, what side of the fence are you on? I want everybody to understand what side of the fence everybody's on before we really get into it. So, Jeff, what side of the fence are you on? Well, most importantly, so I'm for it, and I come I come from this at I'm taking the side of not like hypothetical scenarios. What would be the best scenario? I'm being realistic. This is what they're offering right now. This the 12 team format that they came up with. So, do I think it's perfect? No, but this is realistically what we're getting. I'm totally for it. I think the only way that college football I won't even say just grow but survive over the long term is that you. You know, you have we have to get more teams involved, and I'm the opposite of Chris. It benefits my team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, to keep it at four. Um, you know, the more exclusive it is, the better for the big brands, and the Ohio State's the biggest brand there is. So, I'm actually coming at it from the other side to where it, it it's detrimental to my team, but to the sport, I think it's the only way it's going to grow, and we're gonna and it's going to spread out through the country um, farther than what it is now. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I'm all for it. Jay, what, what, you know, what side of the fence are you on? You know, Chris, I should have gone to my car when I got to my apartment and gone back and got my hat, so you and I could match in two things. I would, I want to match with that hat because I got one in my car. But two, we do match on how we feel with this mm-hmm. here proposal. I can't stand it either. Um, I do understand why they want to get inclusive and include more teams. Group of five, this, oh, people that are outside of it, Texas A&M this year. Um, you got other schools that are on the eight, nine. Oh, let them get a shot. No. The one thing about college football that I have loved my entire life, and I'm still going to love the sport, but it's been very, very exclusive. Like Chris used that word. There is an exclusive group before the BCS, the BCS Bowls, the BCS National Championship. That's an exclusive group. Three, three bowl games, then one, then four bowl games, then a championship. Now the four is an exclusive group. You could say 12 out of 130 teams, that's an exclusive group, which is true. But if you were to tell me there's a three-loss team, potentially a four-loss team at, during some year that could be in the national championship and have a running for it, to me, that's idiotic, that's stupid, and I can't stand it. <laughs> tell what? us how you really feel, Jay. We'll, we'll hear a little more from you. <laughs> tell us how you really feel, Jay. Yeah, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> JP, what, what, what's your thoughts on it? Where, where are you before we start this argument, what what side of the fence are you rocking with? Man, you know, I'm in the I'm in the middle, to be honest with you, a little bit towards the favor side because I remember that time Central Florida went undefeated and they never had really a shot to get into the playoff format, or Minnesota golfers that went undefeated that one year didn't really had a shot in that. Um, I'm kind of forward just to get more teams in the playoffs because, you know, you're tired of seeing the same teams each year in the playoffs, like your Alabama and your Ohio States and Clemson and all that, you know. I like it when you do with March Madness, just bring in, a little, bring in more teams. Could be some upsets and all that. Um, so I kind of like the idea that anything can go. Um, 
it kind of diminishes the regular season value a little bit for it. Um, you look at last year with Ohio State versus Alabama, um, it, it brought in one of the lowest ratings last year. Even it had like a dominance team. Uh, one of the cons is less reward for the dominance team and everything just because everybody's included into the playoffs. But I'm I'm kind of for it because I kind of like to see teams shake up. I like to see new teams, better teams in the bow and all that. It just brings a little. It just brings a little excitement, but at the same time, it does diminish a little bit, you know, in terms of regular season value and everything. So, but the business side is positive because it's more money into college football. So I'm for it. So, yeah, I do understand. Like, I understand the negative, but I'm taking on the positive side because yeah. I very well am all for it. Stu, you're the last one. Close it out before we uh, really get into it and start breaking it down. What side of the fence are you on? I. I'm against it. I, I think I'm going to join Chris and, and Jay. Listen, my reasons are different than theirs, but I think it's a bad idea, and it's very risky, especially for those in smaller schools that want to get into the NFL draft. I think it's a very risky opportunity that you're doing by opening it up to 12 teams. All right, so now y'all know who what side of the fence we're coming from. So we're going to get into really breaking it down. So I'm going to break down my side. I'm all for it. The reason I'm all for it is could 12 be a little too much? Yes. In, in a perfect scenario, I think it needed to be expanded. I don't think four was enough. We've seen teams. I've benefited from it. Being an Ohio State fan, my team has benefited just from being the brand. We, with the, uh, You guys, Jeff and Jay, y'all know the one year we didn't win the Big Ten Championship got upset by Penn State and still got picked to be one of the four teams because they were looking at – I felt like they looked at Ohio State and was like, how can we get the most ratings? How do we put – because for yeah. me, how do you determine – how do you, for me, how do you determine a national champion when you didn't even win your conference? How should you have a exactly. shot with exactly. only four teams? How should you have a shot at winning a national championship? Exactly. I felt that way when Ohio State came in. I didn't think we really deserved it because I feel like to be considered the best team, first you have to be considered the best in your conference. That's just like in positions. To be the best in a sport, you got to be the best at your position first before mm-hmm. you can get deemed the best in your sport, period, point blank. Mm-hmm. And with 12 teams, so the scenario is that what's the six highest conference champions automatic bid and six at-large bids, the top four teams get a bye week. So if we were to go based off of last year and we were to look at the rankings and look at the matchups, it probably would, you know, be very disinteresting. But last year was a weird year. COVID yeah. happened. Teams didn't get to play. Everybody didn't get to play the same amount of games. Teams started later. Teams started earlier. So we've seen, you know, we've seen Clemson play, what, a 10-game season as opposed to mm-hmm. Ohio State play six. Was supposed to play eight, missed two games due to COVID. So mm-hmm. judge it off of what last year's matchups would possibly be. If Even if you just went one through 12, is it wouldn't be fair to, to, to justify, like, I hate it. And here's why, because Iowa State would have played Georgia at eight and nine last year. Or, you know, like, you know, that, that's how I look at it. But the reason, the main reason I'm for it is because I feel like every conference champion in a power five should have a chance of winning a national yeah. championship. I solely yeah. believe that. I've thought that for a while because when we have four guys, w- one of the power five conferences is getting shafted a lot of times too. We see the big 12 not get as much respect a lot. We've seen Oklahoma get in, but if it's anybody other than Oklahoma, they don't have a chance. We saw that what year one uh, or year two with Baylor and TCU. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Year one, actually, it was with Baylor and TCU. We saw that year one, Ohio State got in. All three of those teams deserved it, but you're going to rock with Ohio State and the Big Ten over the Big 12 anyway because you feel like the Big Ten could compete with anybody, mm-hmm. especially the best team out of the Big Ten. You don't see – you wouldn't have yeah. seen Baylor and, and, against Alabama. And just so, to go let's, – let's go back to 14 real quick. Anybody with eyeballs that watched that Ohio State team lets them in the playoffs. Sorry, Mo, but like we've been getting for six years, like they acted like they did us a favor to let us in that year. Like if you saw that Wisconsin game, there's no way you're putting TCU in over high state that year. So let's just put that to bed finally. Right. But but I was just I was just saying as far as like Baylor TCU had a shot at getting in, but because it's Ohio State, first off, we're getting the benefit of the doubt, period, because we're Ohio State. Everybody wants to see Ohio State. We got probably the biggest fan base nationwide when you really talk about Ohio State fans outside of the Ohio Ohio area it tra- Ohio State and probably Alabama and like the Florida Gators Miami Hurricane but so the, re- the way I look at it 12 teams all the conference champions and if it was me I'd do 12 teams the power 5 all five conference champions get in and all five runner up so if you didn't play in your conference championship I don't think you should really have a shot at Oh my! When, That's too much. No, no, no! You can't. But hey, did, Mo, did, did Mo, the Pac-12 let me ask you team, something. Did hold the Pac-12 team deserve to be in it this year? No. So I you think so. Not only would you put so. a, the the winner of Oregon was you Oregon was four and two, ranked number twenty five in the country. You put the twenty fifth ranked team in, in in there too. But listen to me. So listen to me. If my my point is, and I know that was gonna that was gonna get everybody fired up. I know everybody ain't gonna agree with that, but I think it should be a scenario <laughs> because if you don't. If you can't win your national or your conference championship, how why should you have a shot of winning a national championship? Why should you be have a chance of even being widely considered the best team in the country by winning a national championship if you didn't even compete in yours? And the only argument I think is people are gonna bring up the SEC because if they yeah. don't do it like this, there's gonna be four, maybe even five teams in a twelve team scenario from the SEC because college football is gonna continue to SEC bias, and you're gonna yeah. see. Every year, Alabama, LSU, yeah. Georgia, yep. Florida, and possibly yep. Auburn's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be in the playoffs every year, and then they're going to compare. Well, Georgia has two losses. Michigan has one loss. They only lost to Ohio State, but they haven't played nobody because Wisconsin isn't that good. But then they're going to give kudos to the SEC and be like, Georgia has three losses, but look, they lost to LSU, Alabama, and Florida. <laughs> Yeah. They've already lost to those teams that have a chance of playing the national championship. So let's continue to watch them lose to these other great teams. That's why I think because if they don't figure out a way to minimize it, SEC bias is going to kick in. And it's going to be for probably there's going to be a year where we're going to see five SEC teams. Yep. You can't tell me the fifth best SEC. No, team. no, 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 no. SEC is not as okay, so let me, let me ask you this. Your way, let me ask you this question. Your way, you'll leave out. Some great teams. Cincinnati was undefeated this year. You leave out BYU, who was really good this year. You leave out Coastal Carolina, who was really good this year. So, mm-hmm. like, what happens? That like, listen, I'm against it anyways. So, like, I'm just asking, like, in your scenario, if you're doing the, the Power Five conferences and the five runners up, you're leaving out Cincinnati, who's part of the Mac. You got two teams at large. You got two at large. Okay, so I didn't hear B- the two. Well, I didn't hear the two at large. Because five, 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 five—that's ten, and then you got two at large bids. BYU didn't deserve to be in. They lost to Coastal Carolina. They ruined their chance at competing for anything right after that. If any of those teams lose, their chance is over with. So Cincinnati might get in, and then you probably be arguing, you know, whatever. 
But I think that would be the best way of a SEC bias. But Jeff and Jay, y'all been sitting real quiet. Jeff highly disagrees with me, even though we're supposed to be on the well, same. This might be the topic yeah. of the year, by the way. This, this, I'm so we could do this for probably three, four, five hours, probably. But yeah. once, once again, I'm I'm here to talk about the actual scenario on the table, not Mo's Mo's Mo <laughs> Mo's scenario. But my whole point, okay, so we brought up Cincinnati. Now this is exactly like why I argue for expansion and me and Jay, I, you can go back, listen to Jay's show. Um, we actually did a show about how to improve college football. And we discussed some of these because the whole point is like, okay, we'll say Cincinnati gets in. Awesome. Okay. I don't care what the results were. I know Stewart is, is hung up on like, well, if it's a blowout, then don't ever expand. My whole point is, yeah, that it may be a blowout, but like, let's say the season's over the, the transfer portal opens up. And the kid's like, okay, I got to get out of uh, Alabama. I got to get out of Texas, well, wherever he's leaving. Well, yeah. Cincinnati was in the playoffs last year, so they have a chance to get in. I can go to Cincinnati for a year, put up 5,000 <laughs> yards. I'm going to the NFL, and I still get a shot at the playoffs. And I don't have to fight for a starting job with uh, you know the guy at Ohio State or if I go to another school. So now all of a sudden Cincinnati's got an NFL quarterback. Let's say they happen to get in again. Let's say they win a first-round playoff game. Now Cincinnati is like, okay, now when kids look, they're like, okay, well, I can go to Cincinnati and legitimately have a path to a national championship. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is going to take 20 years. But who knows? Like we, I saw it happen. I saw it happen in college basketball. I mean, it's hard to, you know, remember. But Duke was not a big name basketball program, and they grew no. into one because really. of just just chipping away and getting better and better. And then all of a sudden, it comes that, like to keep it at four. You're literally saying that, that like you're never the you know the other five teams are like never really going to get a shot. Which I don't see how that's better for college football you know, in and, the long run, because we're and to, his point, and, to, and to your point too, about the four ahead, teams, I was never like a huge fan of the 14 playoff because it's just going to bring so much arguments. Like who deserves that four spot? Remember that time Alabama like lost like, you know, a couple games and stuff and they still got into the college football playoff and all that just because of their brand and their bigger fan base. And plus, like a lot of people want to see the stars or the people that's actually going into the NFL draft. It just makes it unfair for like a lot of teams yeah. that, you know, have like a wonderful season and all that. That's not really big names or, you know, like, like uh, you know, like Central Florida that one year that they went undefeated and all that, like a really good quarterback. And basically they just disrespected them because they didn't really – they didn't get enough respect because of the bigger names. There's like, oh, they're going to get blown out. Because that's one of the cons, too, if we do expand the college football playoff format is you might see blowouts. Like, you might see an Alabama blowing out a Cincinnati because Alabama's a bigger school and they have bigger athletes and they have bigger recruiting classes and all that. So that's a con for the college football playoff format on it. But at the same time, you know, I'm just tired of seeing, like, the same brand and the stars and everything. It's like it just gives everybody a chance that didn't really get in to actually get into the playoffs and win. I'm actually more into like the upsets. I understand, you know, Alabama going to probably win every year and all that, but I'm tired of seeing Alabama win every year. I like to see someone else come up, you know? You so know, I'm, let me, I'm going to go back to Jeff's point real quick about their quarterback thing. And then I'll, I'll kind of elaborate on that. And my, my other side first, if Cincinnati gets in, so like Desmond Ritter, Ritter is a quarterback at Cincinnati right now. There's a lot of hype for him to potentially be 
you know, a second round pick, maybe even a first if he has a really good year. If mm-hmm. the season ended last year and he, you know, we had this 12 team format, we play, he goes in and he wins, right? He tears it up. He's a first round pick because everybody's talking about it. But if he, if he fails and he stinks up the joint, it's going to be, well, he only won because he played easy teams. The first time he got challenged, look how bad he was. And so it's the same thing with Zach Wilson last year. Had this ended, Zach Wilson would have been the the BYU was like tenth. They would have had to play mm-hmm. like Ohio State or something. Had he stunk up the joint against Ohio State, probably would have fallen completely out of the first round. Had he won and tore it up, he would have gained one spot and been the number one overall pick. Like I think the risk, and I understand college football. Then, then they can NFL, the quarterback can but, sit out. If they're that worried about their draft stock, sit out. Who cares about the NFL? I don't, I, like, who cares I, about NFL quarterback? But the BYU was number 16. In, before the whole point in recruiting, this whole point in recruiting is we can get you there. We can get you to the league. We can get you there. You oh, can I don't think so. Us. I don't think so either. I don't, oh, I I don't think so. Far. No, I wouldn't go that far. JT Barrett wasn't recruited to go to the NFL. So people go to Alabama? No, but he was Ohio State. And he's like, okay, like, this is the best time to get seen by people or whatever. He, so, so basically, I, I just can't wanted. bring up Ohio State. We have to talk about any others. Like I, I don't. I'm sorry. There's a lot of. I'm saying there's a lot of quarterbacks that go to schools that it's not because they think they can go to the NFL. A lot, like I mean, a lot. Sure. Like Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. I don't know. He probably was small. I don't know his background, but you know, if if he was really really good, or maybe. If he was scouted better, he could have gone to like Alabama or whatever. I'm so you don't think really. that you don't think Cincinnati should have a shot at a national championship because it could possibly hurt their quarterback's NFL draft stock, is what you're saying? It could hurt everyone on that team's draft stock. Is no, that makes no, no sense. No, no. How for that reason I'm uh, how's it? Jay been wanting to say something, so I'm yeah. gonna just one day and then I'm gonna get a floor to Jay. What? I, Stu, I it, for you being against it for the reason that you're being like I want to hear, and it's not that I'm disregarding your. That's point, not the only I just, reason, but I, I fully disagree with that point of being against yeah. it. Is this going to hurt guys' draft stock? It's not. A guy, no. But you got to look for five years from now. We if we talk about going into next season with a 12 team playoff, yes, can Cincinnati hang with Alabama next year? Of course not. But like no. said, five years from now. Some of those star athletes that went to Auburn or went to Florida or even Alabama guys who are backups go to Cincinnati. They go to UCF. They go to Iowa State as opposed to Ohio State because they're like, you know what? I could be a backup and have to fight for a starting job at Ohio State. And they're going to, those great teams are going to remain great. But you're telling me those guys will now go to, Cincinnati, those guys who's an up and coming program, by the way, they've they've actually they're they're trending upward. But then they even use Power Five. Iowa State is able to pull a recruit from Oklahoma because they're like, hey, you go to Oklahoma, you might ride the bench your first two years, but you start here and you're gonna have a shot at a national championship. I don't think it's gonna hurt guys' draft stock that the quarterback from Cincinnati matches up against Ohio State and he doesn't look like a Heisman front runner candidate. I don't think it hurts anybody draft stock. I think if Zach Wilson was able with BYU, first off, we've seen him play good talent against Coastal Carolina. Yeah, it might look like he's not as good as we thought or whatever, but sometimes you need to play against that quality. It, it's a it's it's an on the fence kind of thing, but it's not about they're not doing this the, for guys draft stock. They're the not thir- 
the third pick in the draft played one game for North Dakota State last year. Yeah, exactly. And he's still number three. Yeah, he's still number three. Go ahead. And, and he wasn't that good. So let's let's let Jade <clears throat> teach us something here. <laughs> Teach like like classes in session. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna ta- I'm gonna take something that Justin said and then go a different route really quickly, the group of five route, because that's kind of been on my mind too. So you, Justin, made a comment saying he, he's tired of seeing the same team every single year in the tar- in the playoffs. I get it, or every single team winning. So Alabama's on a crazy run. Ohio State's on a crazy run of winning the Big Ten. But if you go to every single decade, you're going to get those things that happen automatically. You can go back to Tennessee in the 90s, 80s, 70s, so on and so forth, the USC's and Notre Dame's, all that kind of stuff. If you go to the NBA, every single decade, you got LeBron for a long time, you got Kobe in the 2000s, Mike in the 90s, you got Bird and Magic in the 80s. You're going to get those things that happen no matter what. You're going to get guys that are drafted to those teams that kill. And so the same thing, I've seen the same teams every year, the BCS era was kind of weird because you still saw some teams dominate, but not the way Alabama has done over the past 12 years, won six national championships in 12, which to me is still amazing that Saban has been able to really transform himself from just the different ways that recruiting has gone and all that stuff. But Bill Hancock made a comment. I got three things. Bill, Bill Hancock made a comment saying this is going to make boost the month of November and make the month of November more important, and you won't see teams fall out and not really care. I am still trying to find a team that doesn't care in the month of November because numerous teams are trying to get in their conference championship game. Numerous teams are trying to get that sixth win to be bowl eligible. Numerous teams are trying to get seven, eight, nine to get a better bowl game. So I don't think it really changes the month of November at all, except for possibly players sitting out and opting out saying, hey, well, we got the next two games in the bag or game 11, game 12. Out SEC, ACC, for, for example, they all play the, F, the FCS school, S, a, a, SEC schools. A lot of them play the FCS the week before their biggest rival. So you may get a guy, Not I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think it probably will, but I don't want to say set in stone. You probably want to get a guy that sits out the FCS game saying, look, I don't need to play. I want to rest my body, little load management, and then play against Auburn if I'm in Alabama the following week. The group of five thing to me is very interesting because I actually went back and looked at some stuff. Um, I've been on a few podcasts this weekend, so I have some notes, which I don't normally do. But if you're going to go and give every power conference an automatic bid, if you're going to go and give the group of five champion the best ranked an automatic bid, you're going to tell me last year, number 25 Oregon at four and two, who shouldn't have been in their own Pac-12 conference championship game, deserves to be have a spot in. Let's keep going a little bit further because the past few years weren't that way. Let's say 2014, the first year. The highest-ranked group of five team was Boise State at number 20 at 11-2. and two. So they deserve to be in and ranked at number 20. Number 2015, Houston, the highest-ranked group of five school, 18 at 12-1. 2016, you have Western Michigan. Now, this was the roll-the-boat year, 13-0, uh, P.J. Fleck. They deserve to be in at number 15. I would be – I'm not forward at all at 12, but if you're going to give me the, the 12 teams, make it the top 12 teams. Give me some criteria on what you're looking for, and then give me the top 12 teams in the country, and then go the 12 route. I still wouldn't be for it, but that would make a whole lot more sense to me than, oh, we're going to give these teams an automatic bid X, Y, and Z. I think you're just trying to go more inclusion based off of what people want. Instead of keeping that thing exclusive and making that so much harder for teams to strive, I think the part of the reason that BYU was striving and playing so well last year and still really fighting later in the season was because they thought they legitimately had a shot to try to climb up the board saying, hey, we're a group of five school. 
I understand what we're, what we're fighting against. But at the same time, if we go undefeated, if we beat Coastal Carolina, we have a chance to get in. They also try to go the easy route, not play anybody tough. You did schedule Coastal Carolina on a short week. And you saw what happened. Coastal Carolina was 12. Cincinnati was 7-2 and two last year before the, at the final ranking, uh, before they made the playoffs thing. I don't really feel right saying an, saying an 8-3 squad should be in the playoff, have a running for the national championship, because it's an exclusive group. And trying to include all these schools in, I get it. But at the same time, expansion for college football, I think, was inevitable. You go back to history and find that out. And I do think 12 will not be the final number. I think that eventually you'll probably go 16 or 24 to get more inclusive because college football, Chris, since 1992, there have been numerous ways they've tried to find the national championship, and they just can't figure out one that they can settle. I hate it too, bro. I hate it. But 92 to 94, Chris, I mean, definitely know about this, a bowl coalition, bowl alliance, all that stuff is coming back. And I truly think expansion happened again because people can't figure out a way to settle down and, and make an agreement on something right where we are right now. I don't I don't agree. I got so many more things to say, but I've been quiet the whole time. I told you I got a lot to say. And I got to go. hop off here a minute. So I'm going to get my last thoughts in there before I, before I hop off. Um, not you guys, obviously. But I hear a lot of people talk about how, like, the college football playoffs would add parity, so to speak. But I think Mo made a good point at the top for, like, why he was, you know, with his scenario. When you look at the, I'm just using last year. When you look at the last 12 teams last year, there were four SEC teams in the top 12 two ACC teams, two Big Ten teams, and then BYU and, like, Cincinnati. So, like, when you think about, like, parity, you're, par- you're not really getting that much, like, parity compared to, like, what you are now. Still dominated by the Big Ten, still dominated by the SEC, still dominated by Big 12. Like, you're not expanding the horizons very much. So, like, that was just my like, final thought as to, you know, what – you know, some of the narratives out there, but it kind of goes along with like Mo's hypothetical scenario. But I want to, you know, try to keep it on So, so I'll say this because I, I said this, um, I said this, and Jay, Jay has some fire back. I'm not really sure whether it was like in a disagreements or agreements, but I said the 12 team playoff will also make these other bowl games matter. Now, I know the New Year's Six Bowl, it, it's more than 12 teams when you add it. But the thing is, what we've been seeing since the playoff has started is we see guys sit out. Leonard Fournette sits out for LSU in a bowl, in the Fiesta Bowl if it's not a college football playoff bowl, which mm-hmm. now means it leaves room for a team like UCF to beat the LSU in a game like that because some of their best players are sitting. How can I prevent that? By making some of these bowl games, the BCS bowls, as, as we've known them, the Sugar Bowl, you know, the Fiesta Bowl, the Rose Bowl, how can we make those games that are not college football playoff games, but still supposed to be enticing to watch? How can we make those matter for teams and I feel, and for players? It's not even about teams. It's about players because players are sitting these games out. We see year in and year out. Florida, for example, Kyle Pitts doesn't play. Kadarius Tony doesn't play. Their best corner doesn't play in, in that game. And the reason why is because that game didn't matter for them because they were playing for nothing. At least the one thing I did like about the BCS was every team didn't 
You played for a national championship, but it meant everything to win the Big Ten and cap off your season by winning the Rose Bowl. That mattered. It meant being the best team in the SEC if you weren't one. Let's say Ohio State and Texas were the top two teams that year. Being the best team in the SEC and winning the Sugar Bowl mattered. Now, those bowl games don't matter. Like, you played to win like I said, the Rose Bowl is what I'm the most familiar with because for Ohio State, if they weren't playing in the national championship, but they won the Rose Bowl, that was the season was a success. That's really what you played for. If USC was the third or fourth best team and they played in the Rose Bowl and they won, they had a successful season where now these players are not playing those games because it doesn't – those bowl games matter no more. If it's not the two games that are the college football playoff for those four teams – Outside of the little schools that are playing, you know, the Alamo Bowl and the, the Champ Sports Bowl in Orlando and all that, those games don't matter. So I think it would also be a way, even if it's everybody doesn't deserve a shot at the national championship, it does turn our eyes to those games and players aren't sitting out. If they have a chance of playing for a national championship, at Leonard Fournette, if that game was a playoff game that year, he doesn't sit. Last year, if that Florida Gators game was a playoff game, Everybody doesn't sit but Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask was the only one, and I think he played that game to try and help his draft stock because he knew he was going to the draft. Guys don't typically play to help, but it was like that final look of Kyle Trask and, and try and make some shake. All odds were against them. I think towards the end of their career, their college football career, they start thinking about their draft stock. But schools aren't worried about – clearly, I mean, Ohio State isn't worried about how successful their quarterback is in the NFL, it doesn't matter because Ohio State still gets quarterbacks. They still always have a really great college quarterback. They don't care that Dwayne Haskins went to the NFL and didn't do nothing. They could care less if Justin Fields goes and is successful. It doesn't matter because guess what? Dwayne Haskins wasn't good. JT Barrett, we knew he wasn't an NFL quarterback. Cardell Jones wasn't good. And guess what? They still get the number one quarterback in the country. The next year, they got two of the top 10 quarterbacks in the country. So they're getting top-notch quarterbacks, whether those guys are leaving Ohio State and being successful. But I think the 12-team 12 12 playoff makes these other bowl games matter that don't matter anymore. If the Rose Bowl isn't a, a playoff game, it doesn't matter. And now teams sit or players sit, and that's not good for the sport because that's supposed to be like – the Rose Bowl is supposed to be big time, but it's only big time if it's a college football playoff. You know, Mo, well, you made a comment about the Rose Bowl at Ohio State and how if they're not playing, it doesn't matter. Remember 2018, Urban's last year coaching, it was Ohio State and Washington in that Rose Bowl. And I think that season was still a success. Ohio State went 12-1 that year. I forget who they lost to. It may have been Iowa. I forget exactly what team it was they lost to. But I think that season still was a success. That was the Purdue year, Jay. How could you Purdue. forget the Purdue year? Yeah, that was that oh, was. I think everybody wants to forget that Purdue game, bro. I was, I was in your home <laughs> state, bro. <laughs> but I think that – I think – to the players, to the coaches, that game still meant something. I think it's the culture that we're finding right now because even in the BCS, the early on, you're having three games plus one for the national championship and then four plus one. Um, you're still going to have, to us, the bowl games still something that matter. To me, the Rose Bowl matters, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, uh, Outback Bowl. I'll watch bowl games. I think they still matter to most of the players. I think the culture of today and what yeah. we're seeing on the television has shifted the mindset of a lot of players that are playing and they're saying, well, all I'm hearing is the only thing that matters is the top four. If I'm not in the top four, why should I play? I see LeBron load, man. I'm not trying to, I mean, I see players in the NBA, LeBron, um, Kevin Durant's done it. Kawhi's done it. You, we see the greats in the NBA load manage all the time. Their coaches, their community. 
they're somewhat accepting of this load management thing. Oh, I need to prepare for the for the NFL, not playing one game. That may hurt me. Okay, I get all that stuff. I think it's more the culture that we're finding right now. And I still don't know if that 12 makes all the bowl games. I don't think it makes all the bowl games matter. It makes, of course, those games that are inside of that, that New Year's Six deal that they're doing, those still matter. But I don't think this really boosts up the bowl game, the bowl system. What you still may find is players sitting out, not just the regular season like I kind of expect will happen, but also in bowl games. Because in their ear, they have some agent, they have some booster saying, hey, man, look, you don't need to play that game. I got $40,000 for you. I can help you get by from now until the draft, help you work out, find you a top-notch trainer or a speed coach or some of these guys, a strength and conditioning coordinator, and I can help you get by from now until the draft. You don't have to worry about that stuff, man. I got you. I think it's the culture that we have today, which is why a lot of these players are sitting out in the bowl games to them, to some of them, don't matter. You're going to tell me there's a starting running back at some school that knows he has no shot at the, at the NFL, or or he can use that game to boost up himself. Leonard Fournette could have boosted up himself as well, but he didn't play. I think it's, I truly think it's a culture, and I don't know if this twelve the twelve games boost the entire bowl system. If anything, it, hurts, it hurts it. It hurts it. I think it, hurts it truly it. hurts it because you're going to find more players sitting out, not just because of the culture, because not not us. But the mainstream, the TVs and a lot of the talk radios, they're the ones saying those bowl games don't matter. Yeah, yeah. And let's not forget, too, like we've, we have, we've, we've forgot to talk about that the first round of these games are going to be played in home stadiums. Um, to me, that's that, is, that's that, huge. Is, that is huge. Like finally, at some point, I said this on Twitter, we're finally going to get a southern school that's going to have to travel to Wisconsin in December and play a football game. Like finally. And um, mm-hmm. I, I just to me, that is so exciting. Like I just I just can't I can't stand it. How awesome that would be for the I mean, I, I imagine you know, Ohio State or you know, just because I've been there, um, you know, Money. just bring it bringing in a team, you know, to, to a hostile environment for a game that matters you know, outside of a conference game, uh, I just, to me, just as a football fan, I, I think that's just so exciting. I think this first, I think the first round is probably the most exciting part of this whole thing. And, and Jeff, you bring up a great point and, and you talk about like, you know, in the NFL, we see the cold weather teams go south and love it. We see the Southern teams have to go up north and hate it. You know, we, we get to kind of determine true talent Obviously, they're already pros, but you get to see like, ah, he's not a cold weather quarterback. And so you do you might have a year where LSU has to go up to Columbus in December, January and have to play in a cold game. And they're playing down south all year. Uh, You know, they don't really schedule outside of that, obviously. Or you have a team like, you know, uh, we'll say Alabama who has to travel to the West Coast and play Oregon. There you you go. There could be a year where now you have to travel to the West Coast, get that time zone adjustment. It, it changes. People don't realize like that time zone. Play, NFL players, because they're very accustomed to having to do that, it's tough to have to travel and go out West and then play a game in a week because your body's adjusting. You know, the, the practice schedule has to change a little bit. When it's 10 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, it's 1 o'clock Eastern. You're not used to. But I do love the fact that a team like, Alabama would now have to experience the cold or a team like Ohio State would now get to go down south and play in a game that matters. And and then I think it would gain a respect within the conferences of some of these other hostile environments. Like Alabama there you go. playing in the shoe. Al- Alabama don't know what it's like playing in the shoe. You know, uh, 
Ohio State don't really know what it's like playing in the swamp, like actually playing in the swamp. Exactly. So it'll be yeah. a respect for some of these other – the SEC beats on their chest, but then they're like, man, when you go to the shoe, that's different. I, I ain't never seen that. But when you go to the ACC, and even though Miami can be pretty mediocre – it's still a huge fan base of people go down mm-hmm. there and play in the orange bowl and be like, man, that's an environment. I never thought I would experience playing at Alabama because we're not playing Miami. What? Maybe once every 20 years, like those teams, you're going to see certain matchups have to visit other places. And I think it would gain a respect and recruits would be like, man, you know, being able, there, there'd probably be some guys who, man, I would have rather went here. This was amazing. Like if some guys start learning and then in those playoff games, the recruits are going to be there and they're going to see, maybe there's a guy who, and it's just fun. It's just fun to watch. And it's fun. And Ohio state and Oregon is playing at Oregon, but the recruit is there and he's on the fence about both teams. And he's at Oregon. He's like, man, I'm going to Oregon. Look at this. You know, I've already been to Ohio state. So I do like the aspect of these guys are going to have to travel and play in some conditions that they're not used to. And it brings the culture up too, as well. Just bringing like exciting games instead of bringing the same games every single year and all that. You know, like you said, like with the Ohio State and Oregon playing each other for the first time, it brings the excitement and it brings the culture. Like, oh, they're playing Ohio State. Who wants to go see that game? Who wants to see that game? I would like to see that game because it'd be exciting because I haven't seen them play before and all that. So, so they bring so it will build up the culture and it also will build up that team too. Like we talked about earlier, like five years from now, like it's going to build that team up. Recruiters is going to come play there and it's going to build them up to a powerhouse. You know, look, and Clemson, then, Clemson became Clemson became a powerhouse with Deshaun Watson. They wasn't really a powerhouse at the time. You know, with Todd Boyd and DeAndre Hawkins and all of them, they just slowly came up in the ranks and became a powerhouse because they were they were building up. They faced like teams from the SEC. They built themselves up and worked their ways up to becoming a powerhouse. So, yep. And teams will start keeping coaches too, like Cincinnati, if they have a shot to go to the playoffs. Maybe they can yeah. keep a coach because if not, Fickle's gone, and maybe this year, probably if they have another good year, Fickle's gone yes. because he's going to go to a program that. But all of a sudden, maybe a team can keep keep a coach if they can get to the playoffs year in and year out. Like, and, and we're talking about mid range schools too, like Iowa state. Um, I think I would have liked to seen him get a shot at uh, a better team last year, by the way, they were playing at the end of the season. I would, you know, I would have, I would have been in for that. Yeah. 100%. And so, Chris, you've been kind of quiet, bro. Like, what, what are your thoughts? Bro? You, you been, Chris is like me just being quiet this time. Like, yeah. He's a pro. You know, He's a pro. You know, what it, you know what? 12, I think it would give teams a false sense of like how good they really are. Because all they say, well, we made the college football playoff, right? And that sounds good, right? That you made it and you could tell that to recruits. But if you got, if you got your, if you got your, the doors break out of you in the first round, then what good is it? Like if Miami, for instance, my Hurricanes, we've kind of been in that 12, to like 18 range. So a few years ago when we, a few years ago when Miami was the, was uh, when they went to Pittsburgh and they played uh, and they lost. All right. And then that team would have got destroyed in the, in the playoff and all. And yeah, it would have been cool to be back and you know, to use back quote unquote, but it would have gave us a false sense of that. We're actually back. And to me, you know, if Miami were to make it as a 12 seed, right. And we were to play Ohio state, for instance, and you know how much I want you guys so bad. We but, will kill y'all. Yeah, but you got to – If we get the door – if we go to Columbus – But we, we got to remember, too. 48 that, to 7, what good what, – who cares if we made the playoff in that? It's so key to we, remember, it's too. The that, sense of, like, are we actually good or did we just luck out? Like, I, I just I, – I But think these first-round games aren't 
aren't you know twelve versus one, eleven versus two matchups. That's yeah, key to this system. Will be the so the the I'm highest. Just, I'm, I'm just. I, saying, I got you. I got you. Five, yeah, five, just for people five, listening, like. It, yeah. it wouldn't be 12 versus one week. week no, one yeah, the top the four teams are going to get a bye, right? That's yeah. what yeah. I'm yeah. saying, for yeah. instance. Get a bye. So I want to hit an aspect. So we, we've talked about so how it's really built. So the six conference champions, the six highest-ranked conference champions would be in. So what are y'all thoughts on that? Because obviously that basically means what? The power five conference champions are automatically in. Do they determine that the, the sixth conference champion is like, is it like the highest ranked out of Boise State, BYU, Cincinnati? Is that the highest ranked conference champ that's guaranteed with six? But what about Notre Dame then? You know, okay, I got to do both. Oh, I think I, Notre, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame is a whole will, show. What would happen with Notre Dame? Notre Dame does not get a bye. They do not get a bye. Even if they're undefeated, since they're not in a conference, they don't get a bye. So they can still have a chance to host a first-round game. But the group of five schools, my guess, Mo, because they had they don't want to give us no criteria, which still is something that they need to do. But they're kind of dancing around that, trying to make everybody happy. Exactly. They don't want to give us no criteria up. on how they figure this thing out. And that's actually something I mentioned when I was with Jeff. We had a little show on how to fix college football. I mentioned it, getting us some clear cut criteria on how you do these rankings. So my guess, yes. Cincinnati was number eight in the final rankings, and then you had Coastal Carolina at twelve. At 11 and 0, Cincinnati was 8 and 3, Coastal Carolina 11 and 0, and then BYU was number 16. I think they had one loss, 9 and 1, 10 and 1, something like that. So my guess is Cincinnati, since they're the highest ranked group of five conference champion, they would get that bid. They would be in. Luckily, this time, Coastal Carolina was still the number 12 team, so they'll still be in the playoff. But I think that Cincinnati would get that top, one through six slot right now. I think it would be number, well, number five because Oregon would be six. But I think that the, the highest ranked would begin. And that's the other question. If you're going to have an undefeated school and then an eight and three school, eight and three is ranked higher than Coastal Carolina. I think Cincinnati was better, but you're going to go up once again, you're going to get that group of five schools saying that conference, how in the world are we undefeated? We ran the table, but exactly. Cincinnati has three L's and they're ranked higher than us. How does that math? The math. I get what the eyeballs say, but these conversations that they're going to have. How does that math make sense? Well, eyeballs tell me that one school is better than the other based off how they played, which is why they're higher. But I, I do think it's going to be the highest ranked group of five that's going to be there, but they won't they won't tell us probably until like <laughs> after they make the ranking because I think they're scared to give us some criteria. I don't I don't get it. And and Jay and, and, mm -hmm. and it said a lot of good stuff there. And he inadvertently brought up something I want to a point another point I want to make. Something else I hear from outside of just like football fans. Like me and Jay are going to watch but we'll, we'll we'll break down jv you know football game like we don't care yeah, we will. but as far as like just fans of the sport i keep hearing a lot well you know it takes away from you know some of the mystery of it and some of the arguments and stuff but jay just made a great point we still we just have different debates like we'll, we'll call them like barstool debates now it's going to be about exactly i can't believe this team or lsu has to travel to cincinnati that's a bunch of bs look at their schedule so like as far as just like you know, the fan experience, we're still going to have all the, the crazy arguments with no answer. Me, we'll still be able to do shows debating, like, you know, should LSU be, should LSU have got, you know, should they be 11 or 10, like stuff like that. Like all those are still there. They're just going to be different. Uh, you know, that's just, I, I, can't, I keep hearing it's going to like take away from some of that, but I don't think it will. Like we're, we're having a show here to proving that this doesn't stop anything. And, and one thing I think college football will never do is exactly what y'all said we need. 
they'll never let us in their game room and let us know whether it's four, six, eight, ten. They're never going to let us know fully how they determine the rankings for yeah. the simple like you said, it's like the BCS, we still don't know what the BCS system how it was accumulated. Like how do how do they accumulate? It was a group of yeah. polls. I know I don't know how. I think it's at least eight or nine different polls. Mm-hmm. But even the polls, yeah. some of those polls are computer rankings, and we don't know how those computers get their <laughs> exactly. rankings. So it is still a mystery. <laughs> they just pick them. Yeah, and I, think, yep. I think they'll leave it a mystery for the simple fact we'll be able to argue. We'll, we'll be able to argue those points, but at the same time, like. If they come with a clear-cut criteria, everything becomes so predictable. And that's what's been with the four-team playoff. We know if the SEC the SEC champion is undefeated and wins the SEC, we know they're in. If and, they Ohio, be. and they should be, by the way. A hundred percent. But I'm just yeah. – we know the certain things. Like, we know if Ohio State goes undefeated – we know the Big Ten champ, for the most part, is in. We've had it shaky where it wasn't. When, you know, the one-loss Ohio State team made it in because we know you looked and you're like, that team is better. I'm not about to let, you know, the and Penn State beat us and won the Big Ten, but you knew, like, Ohio State was still better. Like, they weren't the better team that day. But when you talk about Ohio State matchup, and then we got the doors beat off us, what, 30-0, to zero, I think, against Clemson that year. So it did look like a team that didn't deserve to be in. But you're always going to have that. Teams that don't deserve to be in, teams are going to get in, teams are going to get love. Ohio State is the biggest brand in college football, period, point blank. Alabama is the biggest, like, those are blue blood, always great Huge brands, and that's what you want to see. But I think with expanding it to 12, I just, it's just something about it that I think it just makes college football a little bit better. Maybe even, I would say six, but that's besides the point to argue the 12. I just think it makes college football better. I think with teams, and Jeff made a point, you keep coaches at Cincinnati. Your, your, te- your coaches from Cincinnati don't leave for Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, they they stay at Cincinnati because they have a chance. They ha- they could create a winning culture. Because guys at Ohio State, they Nick Saban's been at Alabama for years. Urban Meyer would still be at Ohio State had he not retired. They don't leave and go to the NFL. They stay there. Dabo Sweeney ain't going nowhere at Clemson. Why? Because he's built a powerhouse and they have an opportunity to win the national championship. Coaches yep. don't leave college programs for the most part. And when coaches do leave college football programs and go to the NFL, it's those Matt Rule from Baylor. You, you know, you you don't see – you're not going to see – Nick Saban tried it when, when he left LSU, seen it wasn't successful, and went and ran college football again. But Urban Meyer, he's finally did it. He retired, stepped away, and realized that's something he wanted to do. But if he had never retired, if health was never an issue, he'd be at Ohio State right now. Like, he was at Florida for – That's a different Ohio. show, but he wouldn't. <laughs> you don't think – No, Urban's – Anyway. Urban's like Jeff, Jeff, I want you on this one. Man. Yeah, yeah. But, but some but of the, I appreciate him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. Hey, you you come and bring a national championship. Yeah, I'll take my. I'll take it. You know, what I'm saying I, I I take it. But it is just one of those like I just think. Well, I just I don't know. It just makes it better. Like, am I tripping? Like, I just. No, well, I got it. Go ahead, Jay. No, go ahead, Jay. I got a question for y'all. This is something about more my mind because Jeff knows a little bit how I think. I think a little bit different. Um, different, the bigger, big picture, the money aspect. That's going to happen right now. If you're in the playoffs, you get a pull, a piece of the pie of the money. But five through eight, I'll just go off of last year. Just I'm not going to try to move things around. But A&M, Oklahoma, Florida, Cincinnati, let's just say hypothetically those are five through eight. They're hosting a game. But Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, well, they're the higher-ranked teams. They're the better teams. Let's, let's flip Notre Dame and A&M because Notre Dame wouldn't get a bye. But so Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, A&M, Texas A&M in that wise, if they get a bye, then the other five through eight, they get to host a home game. 
wouldn't you think this? I'm glad it's the proposal. Wouldn't you think that the top four ranked teams would want that gate money that really? they're getting by hosting really? by hosting a game? Well, I'm sure that's a debate in the room, Jay. I think you're 100. I bet that came. I, I, I bet I, that I, came up I, immediately. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think about that at all because that is extra money. That's money that the first top four teams or the best teams in the country miss out on. I didn't exactly. even think about that. Aspect. And, and you wouldn't even want to buy. You right, want that I get money. it. So it's the money of the buy. Notre Dame yeah. home games going to be amazing atmosphere. Oklahoma, Florida, Cincinnati home game. I, I would rather, just be honest with you, I'd rather see an Alabama home game versus Cincinnati. I get you want to help the group of five get in, but to me. Taking the money aside, you could get one of those top four ranked teams, give them a bo- give them a home field advantage, and that mm-hmm. atmosphere would be way better than having one or two group of five schools or even an Iowa State, an Indiana, a Georgia, not Athens. I gotta say, Athens does it right for football. Don't get me wrong. I gotta I gotta come correct. But I do think these commissioners, and I think that Kevin, oh my gosh, Kevin Warren to me, and then the Pac-12 commissioner who is new, they have the least they can say right now, based off of how they handled last summer. And then how they're just the new people right there in the room. I think their voice is at least heard in Greg Sankey, AC, and also the ACC commissioner as well, and then Big Twelve. I think they're kind of the big, the big runners, the, the big people that are kind of pushing this thing. And if I think Greg Sankey has anything in mind, money is a big thing. He's going to try his hardest to get a home game, multiple home games, at least to Alabama or more of the top schools, because he knows one, it's not just gate money. It's that ratings, because ratings yeah. will be big. Ratings. I think ratings for Alabama will be a lot bigger than a home game for Texas A&M. Oh, I totally agree. Oh, yeah, I agree. That, yeah. Once again, that's still uh, – that's just my whole point is, like, now we're talking about how to do it perfectly, but we're still not – it's still it's, it's still expansion. We're just talking about how to do it better. And we're not saying keep it at four because we, we don't want to – like unfair money dispersal, you know, you know what I mean? We're just talking about how to, yeah, I would love to, for us to get together and come up with the perfect system. But once again, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going with what they're giving me. And that is better than just four teams. Cause I keep hearing like the argument is like, you know, Stu, Stu's real big about it. Like uh, I, I don't want to see Notre Dame lose anymore, you know, in the first that's round. A, to, so, me, that's, to me, it's an idiotic argument to me. To yeah, me that so is. it's like, so, so we should not let more teams in. We should keep it the same. So we don't have to, see the same thing just i don't understand that argument when people come at me like let more teams in and then for years when 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 you're if you're going to call you know the buckeyes notre dame whoever a fraud because everybody forgets alabama and clemson have both got the brakes beat off of them in the last couple years of the playoffs yeah like it's not just notre dame or high state that's got whooped alabama got smoked lsu destroyed clemson Ohio I'm State sure destroyed been a clemson. every year jeff yeah, and even but I'm saying yeah, and not just Notre Dame. That's what I mean. Right, it's right. all the teams. So like the argument can't be like, well, don't let anybody else have a chance. Like, it's things happen in college football. Like you got games are a game to game basis. We saw it this year. You know that Ohio State team was never expected to do that. Things went perfectly for them. Clemson gets blown out. Was Clemson bad? No. If they play the game ten times, we all know that at at best it's fifty fifty. But on that night, it was different, you know, and the same thing can happen with Alabama or any Alabama got, you know, you know, beat up their, their program didn't falter. They came back next year and won national championship. So I just don't see how people's argument is to stop. That's to not let anybody else have a shot. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Cause Oklahoma got the doors beat right out of them. And then they went back again the next year and got blown out again. So it's like, yeah. But then last year's Oklahoma team, there's a good argument. I'd have liked to, I'd have liked to saw that 
that Oklahoma team at the end of the season last year. Yeah, Rattler the, was cooking late. They, they yeah, were rolling. Yeah, he was. They were rolling. They, but they started off with a new quarterback and stuff, took a couple losses. Uh, but then they were they were peaking at the end of the year. I'd love to see that team have a shot, um, you know, at the playoffs. And I think that that's with the playoffs is like teams by the end of the season we know what you're gonna be. Like we know, obviously, you know, the beginning of the year things get shaky, but like we know Oklahoma, man, we 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 would have liked to see them have a chance of being able to play, and you'll be able to get that with a twelve team playoff because. Man, they were rolling at the right time late in the season. When there's only four teams, obviously, like I said, it's been dominant. We know. And what it is 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 Jay brought up the point. Every decade there's dominance. I don't care what the sport is, whether it's NFL, we could go to pro sports. There's always dominance. When you talk about boxing, you talk about a Floyd Mayweather who's just dominated the sport. There's always, no matter what it is, there is a dominant decade by a team, by a player, however you want to look at it. And that's what it's going to be in college football. Just because there's 12 teams, it doesn't change the fact that I don't think it changes the fact you still might see Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama passing national championships around with the occasional LSU or Oklahoma or somebody like that. I don't think it changes much. I think that's why I like it more because some people look at it, it changes for their program. I don't know if it hurts Ohio State. We're not going to lose recruits because of it. We're not going to not be dominant in the big 10. And I would rather, I would rather some of these teams get a little bit better. I would rather Michigan. Uh, never mind. What the? You make it which I am happy over here. I would sign up for this. <laughs> I would Wisconsin, like just be a little more competitive. I'd rather those teams get more respect because only teams that get respect outside of Ohio state is everybody in the SEC and Clemson. Like, yeah. teams aren't even getting that kind of respect. So it become, it was SEC bias in four. Like, people are upset about four, and they're, they're complaining. Well, some of this stuff, some of the wrongdoings with four wouldn't have happened if you had it at 12 in the first place. And there's still going to be somebody that get done wrong because it's not a set way like the NFL. You know, the NFL has a set way based solely off a of record. You can't really do that in college football because of how you look at you know, SEC is strong. You, you strength of schedule comes into play. Now you're going to get more cupcake scheduling. Now that's the thing too. Is like that the sense of urgency isn't going to be there as high. Because now yeah, I, think, I think you will. I think you will. I think so. Ohio State's one of the rare ones that's trying to fill out fill out a lot of their non conference with big time power schools. There's one year, I think 2025, they're playing Texas and then Georgia. I believe two powers, which you rarely see. But you're all going to try and get those cupcakes, and you may yeah. see other schools. Big 12, maybe Pac-12, not so much Big 10, because I think that the Midwest will, t- will hate that. But you may see some of those schools schedule more FCS to try to get a cupcake. Because I, I agree with one, that, Chris. I do agree that. That one win means a yeah. lot to them. If you don't, yeah. if you don't have, if you schedule, let's say North, well, no, we'll take them out, though, you'll lose. Appalachian State. Except for your yeah. Michigan, you're going to lose them again. If you're Appalachian State. That's my man right there. Or if you want to schedule Appalachian State, or if you want to schedule Cincinnati, or if you want to schedule a Texas, you're probably going to schedule the Appalachian State because that's an e- as should be easy an easy win for you. So yeah. that's probably going to be more cupcakes right there scheduling because once again these conferences they allow it to happen, which I can't stand. Yeah, yeah me neither. I agree with that. That's a whole different. That's another Jay. We talked about it. That we need to find a way to force force better matchups. But once again, I can't argue that. Well, the only way to prevent that's to let less people compete for a national championship. I just, I still cannot, you know, 
I still can't justify limiting who can win a national championship. But you're right. Both those things are correct that you guys just brought up. And and I think another way just to fix the whole scenario, you let 12 teams in. I think – and what I hate about college football is they plan their non-conference schedule 10 years in advance. You know Mm -hmm. Ohio State plays Georgia in 2031. And, like, (laughs) – But, like, we know that now. Like, they they throw that out there. In 2026 and 2027 – but, like, who cares? That has no effect on the next season. So I even think college football just needs to do a better job of – I think it needs to be a year-in, year-out basis. I don't think these schools need to be working on scheduling 10 years down the line. You're not going to have the same coach. There's no guarantee that that That's school is going to be as prominent. Who who knows in 10 years if Ohio State and Georgia is even going to be the matchup? Right now it would be like, oh, my God, Ohio State finally get to play at SEC school. But who knows? Maybe Ohio State goes down the drain and it's like right. playing – Indiana or Iowa or, or Georgia. No, I mean, that's, that, that's true. Though. That's hey, Jeff, think, hey, Jeff, think about this. 2010, I think, 2019 and 2010 Rose Bowl was probably around that time that Ohio State, Oregon scheduled at home at home. It was supposed to be 1920. It ended up being 19 and then 21 due to last year, the game getting canceled. Oregon is not that same team they were back then. They've had right. some ups and downs, some ebbs and flows. Different coaches. Ohio State's had different coaches. They just happen to be – they've gotten a lot better over that time period. Neither team is the same that they were right. when they made that made that yeah. schedule. So, I'm Mo, trust me, I hate the whole 10-year-out thing, 5-year-out thing, 8-year-out thing. Year, it's it's so stupid. Thing. I think Jeff yeah. and I mentioned this on the show, or we one did. of us. One of us. If you do what the NFL does, where the NFL says, hey, we're going to try to make the schedule as even as possible, it will make a whole lot more sense, and I think the ratings will be better. Us, we would love it because you're going to get Miami getting better matchups, more even matchups. Ohio State, more even matchups. Texas, Oklahoma, USC. Imagine USC scheduling, let's just say, somebody on the Clemson 10 years yeah. ago. USC 10 years ago was not the USC now. Clemson 10 years ago is not Clemson now. Complete so the, opposite now. <laughs> true, very true. So I, I, I don't understand. I do get it. You want to get the things down the road, get the contracts know what your money's going to be, budget, trend, budget in advance. But that, to me, that does, doesn't make much sense. you got to find a way yeah. to alter this thing. And the scheduling thing, it's, it's not going to get anywhere because they want to set that contract. You don't want to go year to year. Oh, well, we had a down year financially or we lost money due to COVID. We were originally going to plan on paying you $3.5 million. We're only going to pay you a million and a half this year because of COVID. They don't want to do that. They want to make sure that the contract, that the money they're going to get paid for going down to Georgia – they know what that's going to be down the road for budget. College football, it's weird, man. They've been doing the same thing all the time, not having anybody, any centralized rules as a whole, and I think it's going to continue to hurt them every single year. And and, and I do think because this, the scheduling down the line, I think, has affected college football, period, point blank. Like, whether we do 14 playoff, go back to BCS – if they could fix the scheduling, I get exactly what you're saying, Jay, is like, we plan on paying you three and a half million, but because of COVID, we can only pay you one and a half. Now teams don't necessarily want to play, but the players and the coaches are going to step out. If you wait and then next year we say like Ohio State, because strength of schedule is supposed to matter so much, which is why there's an SEC bias, because yeah. strength of schedule says SEC has the best conference. But then when you look at it, Vanderbilt ain't no better than Illinois. Like, no, right. no. No. like Vanderbilt has no chance ever to ever, but, even though they're in the SEC, the best conference, they never will have a chance. But they get no. like their the SEC, right. and they look at you have your prominent teams in every conference, regardless of you know ups and downs. But yes, you have your Bama, Florida, LSU, 
Georgia pretty consistent in the SEC. You have Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State and Wisconsin pretty consistent in the Big Ten. You don't get much from that team up north. That's just their fault and Khaki's fault. Then, you know, Clemson and then Miami tries to come back up in the ACC. So they they pretty consistent. Obviously, Oklahoma is the most consistent team that you get. Maybe Baylor and TCU. Maybe you get a great year from Oklahoma State. But I think they need to start scheduling each other. Like, I think the conference, you know, 10 conference games or eight, nine conference games that they play, that's fine to determine who's the best in the conference. But those out-of-conference games have to be stronger. Because even teams set out and, like, Ohio State, yeah, they're playing Oregon, so that looks like a great matchup. But, like, Alabama will go out of conference and then go play Illinois. Or or USC will go out of conference and go play Vanderbilt. Oh, well, we play the SEC team. Alabama they, State or something like that, yeah. But but yeah. even, like, when they go and get a Power 5 out-of-conference team that they go and play, it's not the strongest team. You know, I, I feel like Ohio State, like, we'll, us as fans would love to see, we'd love to play Bama in Week 5. I don't care what anybody say. I no, agreed. I totally agree. Miami got Bama week one. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't necessarily want to come out just come out swinging in week one. But we would love. I'd love to see Alabama. I'd love to see Alabama have to go through a season and and have to play Ohio State and Clemson and Oklahoma as opposed wow, to that's, so that's much. The future. That's the future giant conference. That's going to happen. We're, we're twenty years away, but that that is going to happen though. Soccer was trying to do. They're going to try. It, it's coming. I don't like the fact that like they're, they're, the strength of schedule matters, but it's like Ohio State goes undefeated, but their strength of schedule knocks them, and they're like, ah, we're not sure they're yeah. the number one team in the country. Even though you watch them in like uh, any given year, you're like, that's the best team right there. But Alabama gets denied because they're playing in the SEC. And so with the 12-team playoff, I just think it's you strength. Get, you you get more games. You get more you get games. More games, more excitement, yeah. First off, yeah, you get more college football you games. You prove it on the field. Like, and yeah. I think it boosts up some of the strength of schedule because some of these other recruits are going to, it is going to affect recruiting, not negatively though, but cause you're not talking about Bama losing their star quarterback. You're talking about the guy who is a five-star who might be third string on Bama for two years before he gets his chance of starting that now goes to Oklahoma state. We're not talking about less talent at Ohio state, maybe not five deep at every position like Bama and Ohio state is, but they're not losing anything. We don't care. We got 10 receivers right now that could start on 90% of college football teams. And we don't we would care less if those bottom three guys leave, honestly. We've already seen Jamison Williams leave. We don't care. So it'd be like you lose guys like Jamison Williams in the initial recruiting process, but it would boost the Oklahoma State. So now the strength of schedule starts going up because some of those teams are just flat out better with the better talent. You know, you mentioned the recruiting thing, and this is something also I've, I've been thinking about because I've been trying to formulate stuff for like a week long, like a week of shows. So the recruiting thing is interesting because I don't know if it's going to affect recruiting. I think the lies that recruiters tell, they're still going to be told throughout this entire recruiting process. Hey, man, look, we were number 15 last year. We're right on the cusp of getting number 12 and number 11 mm-hmm. and getting in the playoff. I think those things are still going to be had. I think yeah. it's going to affect recruiting. I think it's going to have a negative effect on the transfer portal. Because the freedom my players have, and I'm not going to say, I do think that the freedom is decent. I don't mind it. I just don't like the mindset of some of these players. But I think you're going to find a lot more players transferring early, earlier than maybe they would, because of the lie that they were told in the recruiting process. Now you're going to have guys that are transferring from Ohio State, Alabama. You're going to have guys transfer from, the, from those schools. But you're going to have some, school, some guys transfer from group of five schools due to lies, I believe, 
that they were told in recruiting some guys in the Big Ten, Pac-12, all over power schools that because they heard a lie, and I know I played NCAA football 14, I still play it somewhat religiously. Well, I used to, I didn't play that thing in like two weeks. But in there, in the offseason, when players are saying, oh, I'm going to leave for the league or I'm going to leave because I'm homesick, you can click whatever button. Oh, we're going to be, and we're going to, I'm going to guarantee you a national championship. I'm going to guarantee you nine games you want to play. You can time. guarantee these things to, all the time, bro. Like, it's a video video game. I don't care. Like, I ain't going to talk to you. Then I go six and seven and get fired. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still think some of those, some of those lies, the lies that are told in the recruiting, I think it's still going to happen. They'll just be shifted. And the transfer portal, I think it'll look more, it'll look bigger. And you'll see more players leaving like you do in college basketball because oh, yeah, players sure. leave so yeah. freely there, less freely than they do in the in college. That, I think, is going to be a, a negative effect ever going to see two or three years down the road. Not initially, but I think two or three years down the road, you're going to see that transfer portal boost. And yep. these players are going to hit Twitter. So-and-so said we're going to get in the, in the playoff. And, man, we ain't been there. We ain't that good. He ended up quitting on us. I'm leaving the school. I think that's what's going to happen down the road and I think it's because we're going from four to 12. I'm like Chris. If we went to six or eight, I'd be more on board. Still wouldn't like it. But 12, it's the wrong message to me. And you said 24, and I, I almost threw up in my mouth when you said Well, because, I, I, Chris, I, I, Chris I, think we're, I think we're going to be at 16 to 24 at some point. I don't know when, but at some point. Because college football can't get right. If you, I, I don't want to go through the whole history. But since never 19, got right. 1992, no. there's been the Bowl Coalition, the Bowl Alliance, three years of each. The BCS, they changed that. The playoff period, they changed that as well. I think there's going to be another system they're going to end up changing because people just can't figure out a way that they can agree on something for a very long time. Or what they're going to do is exactly what y'all said, and the super conference is going to happen. Oh, and it's that, going to yeah. be the Blue Blood yeah. schools. It's going to be the, the super conference, which is – that will probably be a, the, like towards the death of college football at that point. And it'll be to make as much money as possible. It'll just be a gauntlet of Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas. They're going to put some of the blue blood schools. Like we, we could say that, yes, Texas, I couldn't see Texas in the super conference, but I could because of their history, their historical mm-hmm. prominence, USC because of their history, their historical. Mm-hmm. I think a super conference, it would, it would be about some of the best teams right now, but it would be like Alabama, Ohio State. If we put together a super conference, we probably would agree on if we put a 12-team conference of just the best teams, the best way possible, we probably would agree mostly. And I think it's going to come down to that, and that'll be towards we'll probably have a show then, you know, we'll be on TV and all that by then as a group sitting in our suits talking about this is the death of college football yep. for this fact. Like, if when they decide to do that, it's because college football is dead. But I like – just to close out my point, the 12-team playoff, I do love it for the simple fact, one, it's more games, so college football season lasts a couple more weeks, and two, I just think I think more than four teams deserve a shot, especially when we talk about there's so many arguments of four, five, and six. That fourth team always gets the argument of mm-hmm. one, three is usually, if it's Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, they're all undefeated conference champs. We know they're getting in. The real yeah. Goals. Who do you put at number one if they're all undefeated? Ah, we really don't care in a sense. You care about being number one because if you're number one, you get the number fourteen. But then it, it seems like a lot of years there does uh, there's a gap between that fourth best team and the top three, even top two schools. But like you said, we've seen those teams that we didn't think there was a gap get blown out. Ohio State has been blown out. Clemson has been blown out. Alabama has been blown out. 
and people are saying, well, none of these other teams deserve a shot against them, but they've all been respectfully blown out. Ohio State just got blown after blowing the doors off of Clemson, gets blown out in the national championship. And by the way, uh, just the Stewart's not on here anymore. Notre Dame didn't get blown out last year. They were clearly no, they were no. clearly not as good as Alabama. But they did not get blown out, so to speak. Like that's that's really overblown. And then the yeah. argument would have been, well, Texas A and M, who had already got blown out by Alabama earlier they in the sure season, did. they yeah. deserve a chance. And I'm like, well, Notre Dame hasn't. First off, Notre Dame hasn't played Alabama yet. They've already beat Clemson once. I understand Trevor Lawrence wasn't there, but they still got the job done. It, it doesn't matter. How much would we have loved to see, like the way Texas A and M, you know, said they deserve to be in? Who who wouldn't love to see whether you love the SEC or hate the SEC? Uh, Texas A and M, let's say, has to travel to BYU. I'm just throwing one out there, and then you're like, okay, Texas A and M, you told us how good you were. Now you got to go to Utah and play this game, and and maybe it's 30 degrees, uh, you know, or something like that. Like we're now we're gonna find out. Like who doesn't want to watch that? Just as like. You know, put your money where your mouth is situation. Like, we're going to get a couple of those. It's not going to be constant. It's not going to be every game is not going to be great. We know that. But every game isn't great in college football week in and week out, period. There's every week we wake up Saturday. You want to watch your team no matter who they play. And then there's two, maybe three games that really catch your eye that you expect to be great. Upsets Mm -hmm. don't happen. And even when upsets happen, first off, I'll be tired of people saying the upset part – Upsets happen, but it's usually a conference game. How often does Appalachian State go beat Michigan? Like, yeah, Indiana. At least once. Ohio State, but. <laughs> My man. But, but it's, it's the whole upset factor of like, oh, there's no chance. Well, when these, we're talking about Power Five schools playing against each other. We're not talking about, there will only be what, maybe one, maybe two out, a group of five where we talk about the obviously the conference winner, highest ranked conference, and maybe the other Power Five team gets in. Maybe we would have seen Cincinnati and BYU. But year in and year out, you're going to see it's still the top two to three schools in the conference are going to be in there. And to say that Wisconsin doesn't have a shot against Georgia in, in a matchup in the first round, five versus 12, is crazy to me to say that you know, LSU could go and blow the doors off of Minnesota because they're the second best team that year in the Big Ten. That's crazy to me. And you'll start to get to see that. And I think I think a, a lot of Southerners hate it. And I think it's because I think they're afraid. SEC could get exposed. I think the SEC has the most to lose in a scenario like this. I really do, because you're gonna see those not teams, not Alabama that year, have to play against Michigan and maybe they lose or Florida has to play Wisconsin and lose that game. And now all of a sudden, Oh my God, the SEC isn't as great as we thought. We know they're top heavy, just like the big 10. We know the best team in the SEC could win the national championship, but here we thought we gave Florida all this credit being the third best team in the, in, in, you know, on the other side playing in the SEC championship and now they lose the Wisconsin. So I think you'll start to get some real, I think the SEC bias will go away because you're going to have a chance or the SEC can show how they dominate. I think the SEC has the most to lose in this scenario though, because they're probably going to have the most teams year in and year out, whether it's three or four, probably no other conference will have three or four in any given year. I think the SEC possibly would, because I think both teams that play in the conference championship will make it in a 12 team playoff guaranteed. I think, and then I think maybe that third best team, because you know LSU could have one loss, have lost to undefeated Alabama and not make it. So you can see three to four SEC teams, but what you're going to see is LSU has to go up to Wisconsin 
and play in the cold and lose to Wisconsin. And so now the SEC doesn't look as dominant and it brings up the strength of schedule for some of these other conferences. I'm not sure if the SEC bias will go away. Um, America's as a whole, as a country is known for the South to be the hotbed of football, not just college yeah. football, football as a general, Texas high school, Florida, you got high school, you got IMG Academy down there. I'm not sure if the SEC, if the Southern bias will go away at all. Um, I would love for it to, but for so many years, it's ingrained in us. SEC football, it just means more. You look down there at the, at the tradition. I want to go down to Ole Miss for a football game. Not because Ole Miss is good, but because of the tradition, hotty toddy, all that stuff. And I think that that's kind of how the things are going to, how things have been. They will be Texas schools, ACC schools, not all of them. I, Chris, I want to go down to a Miami game. I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, the old Orange Bowl, not the new Hard Rock Stadium they play in. I want to, I want to go down there. I think that we've just been ingrained, and it's really true that SEC bias. It's mainly, it's a lot because the Southern football, that culture, it means more there than it does most other places in the country. Yep, and I'm fine with it. Like that, yeah, SEC I don't teams, trip over the SEC. Stuff. Me neither. I'm I'm me one of the few either. Big Ten guys. Like I, I hate the Big Ten personally, but like you know, outside of Ohio State, like I famously known for that but um i just want i just want good teams that's right i just want to watch good football i don't care i mean literally they can switch your jerseys one can wear a red jersey one can wear a white jersey no names on it they they play good football i can recognize it you know i mean that's just that, that, that's how i am with it and the more of it the better and i do get a chance to see more good football like with 12 yeah. teams that's just my biggest point is this First off, it expands the the season. And second off, yeah, th- there's a lot of questions. Maybe guys do sit out. And, and those are obviously hypothet- great hypotheticals. But, like, once we'll, – we'll, we'll, it's one of those – with college football, you address those situations when they happen. Because college football is never so they, – they never give us the true, like, will guys do this? We don't know. They don't lay it out flat for everybody to understand and they address situations as they go. But I mean, if you're, if you know, when Alabama before the rivalry game, they schedule Alabama A&M. Do you really care if your team doesn't play the games over in the first quarter? Do you care if your best player sits out and gets ready for the iron bowl the next week and gets ready for the playoffs? Me personally in games like that, I don't. And I think it will adjust some of the, I think it could go either way of either you have more cupcake schedules or some of these other teams that get put on the fence a couple times because they they were that 10, 11, 12, and they fell in that 13, 14, 15 because of strength of schedule. I think those teams, they start upping who they play because they lost out on the opportunity because their strength of schedule wasn't that great. Well, at the end of the day, it's just going to be like an experiment. You know, let's just go ahead and try these 12 team playoff format. See how it works for the way and see how it works for these teams next year. Cause like, you know, years from now, we're going to probably going to change up, you know, a different format or we're going to bring up a new idea for college football. Cause look, at the end of the day, it's not going to be perfect. You know, everybody ain't going to agree on one thing and all that. You know, people are still going to tell their heads up in the, in the game room and in the game plan room and be like, how can we make this team? How can we make it fail? because they don't bring no criteria or anything or anything. So it's just like an experiment just to see how it would go and see how we can make the teams be fail. So it's going to change at the end of the day, like, you know, years from now. So we don't know how long we're going to be playing in this 12-team format. It's just let's just try it out for now and see how it goes. But, yeah, people ain't going to like it. There's gonna be people are going to love it. It brings excitement to college football. Look, college football is never going to be perfect. It's not going to go one way. It's There's so many multiple ways you can go about it. So, 
And you ain't got to worry about Alabama this year because Miami's going to win week one. So then hey, I'm with you. Out, you know? get, the, get the turnover chain ready. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna beat them 44 to 41 opening day in Mercedes. I hear you. I'm in. Let's remember, too. That and, this then is lose, and then lose yeah. to 4 to a.m. the next week. Let's remember these playoffs. These, these playoffs. Are, does. They, get, these they playoffs try to get are, hyped for the big games, and then they lose to the little school. FIUs again. These playoffs are all driven by the the cable broadcasting companies yes. too. That's who uh, that's who really owns these playoffs. All these questions are how, can, yeah. how much ESPN owns the college football playoffs. Like Jeff, that's, I was I was told the conferences own it. I actually heard I think it was Joe Klatt talk about that. He said the conferences themselves own it. I thought ESPN owned it as well. They just have the contract with the. Well, that's I guess it. that's what I mean. You know, they're they're giving them a package, and then they're going to yeah, yeah. charge so yeah. like get the most money. Like so, it's all about TV, which is fine. That's sports. That's why we watch yeah. it. You know. So they, I got a I got a question for y'all. I don't know how much time we got left, but um, would you do you like ESPN covering every single year, or would you like a rotation like you see in the NFL, it where it's CBS, it Fox, NBC, and even like, ESPN do a rotation? ESPN does a phenomenal job with the, with the college football. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of think it would be a, like better for everyone, including the networks, yeah. if you just do a rotation. Now, if they only rotate the national championship game, okay, I get it. But I think that you should let them rotate the, the yes. playoffs, the playoff games, and even the national championship so more people can really see different ways of broadcast. Because I like rotation. I like Joe mm-hmm. Buck calling games. I, I may be one of the people that, that like him. I like Brad Nestler. I like Chris Fowler is probably the low bottom. I like Gus Johnson. If you get a rotation, I, like I think it'll be. I think it, I, like I, I love Clap, but Clap's not play by play. play. I was trying to list all the play by play guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think oh. if you get a rotation, I think it actually would benefit everyone. Yes, yes. Everyone. that's a great point, Jay. I and, think it would, it would be Fox, and, Fox, Fox, ESPN, CBS, and NBC. NBC. Might as well do NBC because they do. They do that's um, Notre Dame, right? They do Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah, they so do. Know. That's yeah. also a way for them to make more money because yep. they're all bidding and money talks. I love it. I don't. I, I get it. I understand it. But I think that to me, that's. I think it should have happened a long time ago. But ESPN and Fox have been like the two biggest ones in college football. I think CBS yeah. is trying to find a way to keep their footing in there. NBC doesn't care about anybody anybody else but Notre Dame and <laughs> they got Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame sure. US <laughs> up. Um, but I think, I think I, personally, I think that'd be a good idea for football, college football. And it's going to be a great way to make more money. That's, that's, and, a, that's an excellent point, though. That's and I point. think it takes away the the bias of, you know, because, like, Fox is, what, Big 12 and Big 10? So you get some of those Big 12 and Big 10 announcers, play-by-play guys who constantly cover. Then ESPN is obviously SEC, so and CBS is SEC. So you get some of those guys who maybe Alabama plays, I don't know, Clemson and – the guys from Fox who aren't covering Alabama or Clemson all year are actually able to, it's like a non-biased play-by-play. It's a non-biased halftime show because you got Joel Klatt, who's a guy who he really covers the big 12 and big 10 for Fox mm-hmm. is doing the halftime show. Cause we love halftime shows. Yes. That's when we go get us something to eat and, and take our break, but you still want to hear some of the analysis, especially in yeah. close games. And as long as ESPN fires Joey Galloway, I just got to throw that out there. Then I'll love college football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know about this, but like, we can't Galloway get into it today. We can't. I hate Joey Galloway, and he's a bu- former Buckeye. But 
I hate him, and I almost hate Herb Street too because oh, I how, Herb Street. Yeah. how are you oh, former man. Buckeyes and you hate on the Buckeyes? You give the rest of the world. Well, they're giving you an unbiased take. You got a nigga trying to be unbiased. You can't hate them. They absolutely. Joe, Joey Galloway said Ohio State was like the eighth best team last year. That's not even unbiased. It's just <laughs> he's bringing his unbiased takes. You Ohio State Buckeyes fans need to relax. All right, unbiased takes. All right, but either way, I was I can hate Duncan Dilma. Said the Knicks fan. <laughs> the Knicks. The Knicks fan told us to relax. No, the other Knicks fans do that. Jay, good point. I do love that Jay brought that up though, because I do think that you know being able to because it's something about matchups too. Like I said, just having guys who cover the Big Ten for Fox have to cover the play-by-play and the halftime show and stuff about Alabama and clubs. You don't get that. Well, I'm an SEC guy and and I'm. Oh, Bama, Bama, Bama at halftime, and this is what they got to do, and the focus is on Alabama. It turns out to be – I don't know how they would address it because they'd have to pre-plan it. You'd have to know five years from now that Fox is going to cover this game or whatever. So I don't know if they could year-by-year year plan it and say, you know, maybe based on matchups, this game will be on Fox. If there's a Big Ten team, maybe this game will be on Fox. But I just think it would be a better way to get fans involved because sometimes fans will watch the game, but they hate the play-by-play on ESPN – because they're yeah. you know, a fan of Ohio State, and they're like, ah, that's the SEC bias. Or the guys from the SEC don't want to watch it on on Fox sometimes because they're like, ah, but if you get them all in rotation, it, it kind of – you get the feel from everybody everywhere. So I do kind of love that aspect. You don't really trip over all that, like all that stuff. Like I'm watching the game. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm with Chris. It doesn't really matter. I, if I don't even really – Like the SEC them. thing, like people trip over the SEC like like – it makes ESPN money. Like it's, we live in a clickbait world where like that makes the money. So like when people yeah. trip over the SEC stuff is like, why? Like, is like, I, I I don't really get like hung over of the SEC bias and all that. Like Alabama yeah, deserves to be on, to be talked about a lot. Cause they won freaking six national championships and all that. So when you win national champion, you guys get talked about too. I'll stay like when you guys win, you know, you're going to get more talked about. Like Miami gets the opposite. We're, we're always, you know, in the, the, in the news for the the, wor- the bad things, right? And like, oh, will Miami be back? That's the only time we're ever talked about. And then we lose the first game of the season and it's we're done for the rest of the season. So it's like, I don't trip over the SEC by it. Like, yeah, to me, I don't either. It's their network. So they're going to big up their, their, the SEC. So like, I don't, I don't really think people should trip over like that. Like, when you win and then no yeah. SEC thing. Like, you guys be Alabama, you guys win national championships. Then nobody even, Clemson, even when Clemson won the national championship, you used to you had like a lot of people like hating on Clemson. It's like, well, they ain't going to do it next year and all that, you know. So I mean, that's, that's just Clemson bias too. They could be a part of being great, like all the great schools. Yeah. Like, when you're not a fan of that school, you hate them. Like you know, I, I know I, I don't really care for all the other teams in the Big Ten because like if they're upset, we just run through them anyway. But I know the rest of the Big Ten hates Ohio State because they just run through. I know the rest of the ACC hates Clemson, and the rest of them is just, they, they run through the conference. Alabama's pretty much the same way. They pretty much run through the SEC. But, mm-hmm. fellas, I'm going to close it out here. Hey, this was a great show, and I feel like there's so much left unsaid that we might have to have, have, to have a part two. Maybe Jeff hosts the next one, because I know Jeff still has, you know, he looks like he got some things unsaid. Jay, I, I know. Another hour talking about this stuff. College football. I, I, about I, I, <laughs> we could bring up scenarios and talk about it, but fellas, I appreciate y'all for having a great show. And so as we close out, I'll, I'll give everybody the floor, starting with you, Chris. Let everybody know where they can find you in any future projects you got coming up. 
Yeah, you can follow me uh, off the ball pod on Twitter, off the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, uh, show, um, I, I got a show coming out tomorrow with uh, my guy uh, Nathan. We're talking NBA draft stuff, getting into all his favorite prospects and do a little bit of that. So that comes out tomorrow. And uh, just stay tuned, everything. Follow everyone at Off the Ball Network and all that good stuff. And, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Miami is back. Maybe not. Probably not, but definitely <laughs> not. But <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that Alabama game week one. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm so scared. Yeah, that, that I ain't gonna lie. Having to come out swinging the fence week one sucks. But Jeff, what was yours? I'm Jeff Need Sports. Um, I do. If anybody's listening to this and you like college football, I do the Buckeye remix in the fall. I mean, it'll start heating up here soon. Um, that you know, for high state Buckeyes. But I'm not. I'm not as irrational as you might think i would say give me a shot but yeah we got a lot of stuff coming up this summer and uh, the college football season pre um preseason stuff's gonna be heating up so uh just and everybody go check out offballnetwork.com everything we're doing yep jay mo appreciate this uh justin chris jeff this is all been a lot of fun uh this is a topic that i had to talk about all week long the <laughs> State Buckeye side of you. Uh, we'll get a little national as well on, the, on that show. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. That is Stevens with the PH. Um, the, the Jay Stevens podcast, that's my baby. I'm the host of that, hosting that for over two years now. We got an interview coming up this Thursday with Coach Mosley from East LA College from last GSU basketball. Um, that was a lot of fun, very enjoyable. Recorded that a couple weeks ago. And just like you think on TV, he talks a lot. He talks a lot of interviews as well. So I thoroughly encourage everyone to go check that out. That'll come out Thursday, um, June the 17th. Then look at the calendar. Nice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Jay, make sure you check out the Jay Stevens podcast. I mean, him, Chris, Jeff, they all do great work. So make sure you go check out their stuff and close out with you, JP. Man, you can follow me on Twitter, JP Franchise 57. You can follow me on uh, YouTube. It's just JP with a Z. I do NBA recaps and everything. So you can follow me on YouTube or you can follow me on Off the Ball Network uh, on YouTube. I do NBA recaps and different recaps and thoughts and opinions. And I hop on different podcasts from time to time too as well. Check me out on Facebook, Justin Payton. And um, definitely you will find me and we'll definitely talk sports. Yeah, 100%. So I appreciate everybody for coming on the show. Fellas, this was a great show. Obviously, if you're listening, Up in Flames, wherever you could go at Up in Flames Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Mo underscore Cheese 15 for my personal account on Twitter and Instagram. And also, make sure you go on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel every Wednesday through Saturday uh, at the conclusion of the final NBA 2K League game to hear your favorite guys from Off the Ball Network, you know, your favorite network in the world, uh, do do the live show and talk about basically recapping every night. Shout out to the guys at Nothing But Net, um, Aaron and Rob, for giving us this opportunity. It's been huge. It's been fun. Me and Chris do it. JP's done it. Uh, a few of the other guys have done it. Hopefully hopefully I get one with Jeff and, and Jay Stevens. I get them into video games one day and get, and get them to watch some video <laughs> games one night and talk about it. I think that would be a lot of fun, but... You know, uh, like I said, everybody going off the ball network.com for all your sports needs and entertainment. Uh, eventually, we'll be adding our fans and stuff to our discord. So not only do you get to not only do you get to hear us do lives, but you also get into 
regular daily conversation with us and y'all can start interacting and start, you know, we'll probably start getting guests on, on some of the network shows and some of our individual shows. So, you know, be looking out for that when we start announcing, you know, bringing fans on the discord. Cause that's, that's going to be a big thing. Y'all are going to really get to know us. But on that note, I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening, whether it was live or audio and up in flames.